Hello, listeners. You're about to listen to a very emotional and heartfelt episode. As such, I've stripped it of all production tampering. You're going to hear it exactly as it was recorded. I didn't take out any breathing sounds, any pauses, any clicks. Anything that happened during the recording is what you'll hear. Normally, I spend an hour tweaking it and making sure that the audio quality is just perfect. But because the story that you're about to hear is so emotional and heartfelt, I thought it only fair that you hear it exactly as it was recorded. You're not going to hear any advertisements for the ESO Podcast Network, no promotions of other podcasts. All you'll hear is the podcast as it was, other than this introduction here and the theme tune and end credits for the podcast itself. Welcome to episode 72 of the Soul Forge Podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey listeners, Sean here. This is going to be a very special episode. It's Sean and Tracy, and we are going to be talking about some sensitive topics that may trigger you or someone you know. Uh, feel free to skip it, or, well, Tracy, what are we talking about? Today we're talking about suicide. Yes, so if that's something that may uh, cause you is- issues, listeners, then definitely skip it, but if you feel the need to share it with somebody that you think it may help, please feel free to do that as well. Absolutely. Yes. So it, it has been a while since you've been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. A few weeks. Yes, and we definitely missed you. Thank you, I missed it. I thought you might have. Yeah, I did. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I guess is the best I can give you. Taking it moment by moment? Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Okay, so should we just come right out and say exactly what happened? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So do you just want me to... Uh, you know what? My story? I can I can lead up into how I found out if you want. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, it was I don't know a few weeks ago, and you texted me that morning to let me know when I was done my shift, so we could hang out and visit. Mm-hmm. And so then, I was done my shift, and I texted you, and there was no response. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So I drove to the house, and your car was there, and I knocked and I knocked, and the dogs were barking, but there was no answer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, what do I do now? I didn't want to just barge in and see if you were okay. Right. Because I knew you had been struggling. Yes. Uh, but what, what is my place in here? I'm just your friend. I'm here <laughs> to support you. I don't want to overstep any bounds. Mm-hmm. So uh, before I had left work, a coworker had said that your mail lady had uh, wanted to talk to me because she had seen an ambulance right. leaving your house. So right. then I called that other mail lady and yes. she told me the story, and I'm like, uh-oh. So uh-huh. then, then I texted your husband, mm-hmm. and he told me what had happened. Okay. And this is where you come in. 
this is where I came in. And you know what's funny, right? You're telling me this, and I didn't remember this, but you had told me when you came to visit me in the hospital. Yes. But I had no memory of that until you just said that, because I think the first time you came to visit me, I was still... You were a bit foggy. Yeah. Maybe, foggy is a good word, I guess. Maybe on some meds? Yeah. 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 So I didn't, like I said, I didn't remember that until I just heard it again. So that was uh, interesting. But so what happened um, weeks, a few weeks prior to that, maybe a couple weeks, uh, I started feeling really, really low. I mean, I've suffered from depression and anxiety. I think I've mentioned that before, but just in case I haven't, to let all listeners know, for the last pretty well as long as I can remember, I've been on and off medication for the last 20 years. Uh, so it's been an up and down thing for me. Um, good days, bad days, obviously good times, bad times. I've been off work a few times, uh, three or four times because of the anxiety and depression. So anyway, I was kind of sliding, getting lower and lower, feeling worse and worse about myself. Um, and started thinking about suicide. And um, I just felt that I didn't want to continue I was in such emotional and even physical pain um, because of it. Felt myself absolutely worthless and that everybody I knew would be better without me because of the burden that I was already bearing on them plus the burden that I would continue to bear because this doesn't just go away. Right. Um... What, what is the burden that you think you are? That's, that's what I never could understand. Like, what is it that you feel about yourself that causes, I don't know, pain or, like, like you said, a burden. I can't think of any other better mm -hmm. word for it on somebody. You just think, part of it is that you think yourself is absolutely worthless, that you have nothing to offer anybody. Um, and the burden is that they have to deal with what, you're dealing with as well. It doesn't just affect me. It affects my kids. It affects my parents. It affects my husband. It affects my friends. It affects my coworkers. Like it's not just one person who is affected by somebody's depression. It's like a pretty big number. Um, so when you feel that awful about yourself, you're, you just don't see, like I didn't see a point in continuing and I know a lot of people don't understand and you never will understand unless you're in unless that situation. you've been in that situation and even those who you know are understanding of mental illness still don't quite get the suicide part um I was talking to my cousin and she says I don't understand how you want to die and how you don't see that it can't get any worse than than that. Like, how do you not see that it can't, it can't get worse and you're only going to get better from there? And I said, yeah, that's a logical thought, though. And when you're in that... You're in the depression, the logic disappears. Right. Exactly. So you, you see it as being a burden on everybody. everybody you know. Yeah, everybody. And you can't see it from the opposite way, that there's all these people that are affected by you but they're also affected by you in a positive way. And they're happy to know who you are, right? You can't see that. Absolutely. You cannot see that at all. And, and I can tell you from personal experience that that's true. They don't, 
people don't see that. Because mm-hmm. my mom, four and a half years ago, she ended her life as well. And we had, um, we had a funeral for her a week later. There were so many people at the funeral and so many positive words. You know, your mom, she was so giving and loving and she took care of everybody. She didn't know how many people she was affecting. So I, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I guess because you, you just see it in a negative because right. you're in the depression. You can't see the positive impacts you're having on people. Right. And um, I think that's a characteristic of people with depression too oftentimes is that empathy. And I think that's one thing that makes it really hard for me is that if somebody's going through something, somebody that I care about or know even like a little bit, if they're going through something, I almost feel like I'm going through it. So you it's, feel what they feel. Absol- that, absolutely. For sure. Especially if it's um, my kids. Mm-hmm. Or those really close to me, right? Um, But even, uh, and and I really relate to uh, parents who are going through different things, you know, parents that I know or even parents that I don't know because I can, it. I automatically feel, I think, what I would feel in that situation or what I think I would feel. I don't know. Um, You just, you feel too much. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I do think I feel too much. Do you, do you feel like there's a great big funnel over your head where everybody's emotions and feelings are just being like directly downloaded into you? Something like that. Is yeah. it like that? Because yeah. that, that's how I see it in my head anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. And it's, and it's overflowing the filter mm-hmm. and you just can't handle it all. Mm-hmm. So you break down. Right. Okay. That, yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we'll go back to that day. So I had texted you... And I'm not even really sure why I did, because I knew what I was going to do. Right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. I went to bed the night before. With the plan. Knowing what was going to happen. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it was just a way maybe to get you to text Daryl or something. I'm not really sure. I don't really know. But anyway, I did. So um, after that, I took almost 80 pills. That's a lot of pills. Um, some of them were muscle relaxants mm. and some of them were, um, uh, it was clonazepam. I can't think of the, the word right now for what it is. It's basically to relax you. Okay. Um, I've taken it before for anxiety and stuff, but I had, I had those at home and that's what I took. So I think it was about half an hour later. Maybe 40 minutes later, my husband came home for lunch. Good thing. And found me. And um, apparently I was kind of mumbling some stuff. Wasn't coherent. Um, He saw the pill bottles and called 911. Good. Mm -hmm. So from there, I was brought to hospital by ambulance, as you had mentioned. And uh, they had to intubate. So you could breathe? So I could breathe because uh, I I don't know. I'm not a medical professional, but I I guess I was making a sound when I was breathing that they could tell I was struggling to breathe. Oh, okay. So I was intubated and brought to ICU. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next day, like maybe 24, a little more hours later, they stopped the sedation and took out the tube, and I gradually kind of woke up. I don't remember anything from that. Like, there's maybe a few seconds here and a few seconds there. But um, 
And then they sent me to the mental health unit. Which you stayed at for... Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Right. And I visited you, I think, three times. Yeah. And... Thank you. You're welcome. I I would have visited more, but I didn't want to overstep any bounds, like I've told you before. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what my role as your friend is. (laughs) And, uh... It's a very sensitive issue. and Yes, yeah, topics, it is for so. sure. And I know it's sensitive to you as well. Yeah. Specifically it, because of your family. My mom did it. Mm-hmm. Her brother did it. Their mother tried to do it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, uh, lot of depression and alcoholism in my family. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, a, I'm a sensitive person. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes a deep thinker and I uh, just can't be one of those, oh, whatever, it's okay. Right. So how did, how did that feel for you, not just as a friend of mine, but as a friend who's lost loved ones to suicide? Uh, it was horrible. Okay. Uh, um, as I was sitting in your driveway trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do, I was like, uh, she, she better be okay because that sucks. Because <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much more friendship to go. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've been friends, what, for four or five years, something like that. I don't know exactly. I don't know. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> no. But uh, we're, I think we have a similar temperament and mm-hmm. think the same and... Yeah, for certain things. Certain things, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, if, if you were gone, I don't know. It's just, it would have been horrible. So, don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's easy for me to say. Right, yep. <laughs> yeah. But... Thank you. That's really kind of you. It's it's my job. It's all of our jobs to let you know that you are important and people do care about you and we Mm -hmm. like you and we want you to stick around. (laughs) And between you and Jay, I've got two great co-hosts for the Soul Forge here. (laughs) So... Oh, I need to stick around for the Soul Forge. (laughs) At least for that, if nothing else, you know... Sure, stick around for your husband and the kids and your family too. Okay. But the Soul Forge needs you, Tracy. The listeners need you. They do. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right, I'll keep that in mind. And I need you to listen to all my crap that I don't talk about on the Soul Forge. Right. And give me advice (laughs) and and tell me when I'm being an idiot. Okay, while I do that. Yes, yes, you do. And I appreciate it. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, two weeks in the hospital, mm-hmm. and you were allowed visitors twice a day for two hours. Right. And you, you near the end, you were out a couple times? Yeah. Um, so it, this was about a week. This happened about a week before Thanksgiving, I think. Something like that. Uh, so I did go, the first time I went out was for, I think it was the first time, yeah. Thanksgiving dinner Mm -hmm. at my parents' house, which um, was, of course, great, but also very stressful, and I almost left. Um, Just because, like, nobody did anything wrong, of course. Mm -hmm. It's just when you have a big meal like that, people are also stressed from trying to get the meal going and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But again, nobody did anything wrong or said anything they should have said. It was was more How you were feeling? Right. On their behalf. Me reacting. Okay. In a way that I need to learn not to react. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day was much better. Uh, I went home. Good. Um, and basically 
did nothing all day. My husband cooked for me, and he kind of doted on me. Oh. So that was really sweet, and um, which I kind of needed just to be be at home, but not have any of the Responsibility. responsibilities of being at home. Yeah. So that was it. Was, that was a great day. And then I think a couple of days later, I went home for a few hours, and I think I did that one more time, maybe. I think so. And then and then I was discharged after that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I want to know is how are people around you how do they act do they do they ask you are they afraid to talk about it because it might trigger something uh do they treat you any differently people i haven't seen many people okay. um because you're still off work and you will be because, for a while because i'm at least off work uh, and for a month um but i've also previously been in the mental health unit so i can definitely speak to that because mm-hmm. I, I had gone back to work and everything but um people kind of avoid it they might say how are you doing but really don't want me to say you know what I'm really shitty today I've been thinking about dying all day right they don't want me to say that because that's not how people usually answer a question and right. people don't know how to react right and what they don't know what to do it's very awkward I bet I find especially with those closest to me. Okay. Because they're not the kind of people... Like, um, my parents I can talk to. I feel free talking about most things. And my husband is very supportive. But anywhere outside of that, I find they want to help, but they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. Yeah. So that is hard. Uh, there's actually a family gathering tomorrow evening and I'm not going to it because it's just too much yeah because it's too much and it's awkward and it's still a taboo subject oh for sure and so nobody even wants to talk about it right and some people might be curious but they feel like it's rude to ask right and before we started recording I asked you if there was any questions that was off limits yeah you said no no go ahead yeah and I said okay I'll try to phrase anything I say in a, what did I say? In a non... Offensive. Non-offensive, yeah. I think is what you said. Because I'm the least offensive person you'll ever meet. <laughs> but sometimes if my words are jumbled and I'm mm-hmm. a little bit nervous about what I'm trying to say, it might come across as offensive. Maybe. But it, it's never meant that way. You're right. So. right. I do understand that. Um, I had a thought. No, it's gone. That happens. It does. Um... I don't know. So, oh, I sorry. Yeah. So, what I w- was going to say, and um, I think that from this happening to me and knowing that it's a lifelong thing, like I'm not going to take some antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and be better. You're going to be all better. Yeah. Just take this magic pill and everything will For, be okay. I wish because I would have been better a long time ago. But what I would like to do out of this is to be able to help other people. And when I came today, you asked if I was ready to talk about it. And as much as it's hard to talk about, Mm -hmm. I want to. Because if I can help one person in any Facebook post, in any podcast that I can do, anything, if I can help anybody, then I... I mean, I, would, I won't know, obviously, but I feel better just doing this well, yeah. in case that can happen. And, and even though the reach of this podcast is not very big, mm-hmm. there are people who listen to it every week, 
and they make comments on mm-hmm. the posts and, and they're there and they appreciate it. Yeah. And, and the more honest that we can be about something yeah. and the more open we are, I, I think it helps people. I think so too. And not even necessarily with somebody who's contemplating suicide, but maybe it's their loved one or their friend or whatever. And somebody, maybe they're not yeah. experiencing it right now, but maybe they will in the future. And, mm-hmm. you know, they will have listened to this podcast. And, and it'll always be there. For sure. Yeah. So if we can do anything to help anybody. Yeah. You know. Because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, let's see. Um, so you said you've always been depressed? Did it, like, happen at a certain age? Or was it, like, right from the time that you can remember? I don't remember it happening at happening at a certain age. But when I look back, especially with death, I kind of always remember wanting to die. Even as a kid. Really? Even as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Or or wanting bad things to happen to me, like being in a terrible car crash or getting really sick or dying. Because you wanted to die or you just wanted to feel the pain so you could feel feelings? Like, are you numb? Is that what it is? Definitely not numb. Not numb because you feel too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just, and I wouldn't, I, I mean, I didn't grow up as a kid thinking I was in pain. But looking back, I do remember those thoughts of wanting to die and stuff. Uh, is there something in your childhood that you can point to? Like, was there a traumatic experience? No, and were, that's were you kind treated of, like crap? No, I had a, actually a pretty good childhood. I can't, like, my dad worked, my mom stayed home. She couldn't work, but, uh, so she stayed home and took care of us. And, like, I didn't, I wasn't perfect, but, like, uh, so much better than a lot of people that I... Grew up in the same house yeah. all your life? Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing anyway that I can recall unless there's oppressed memories, but uh, no, like nothing. So it's just the chemistry of your brain. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and they can tweak your medication and you've tried different things? I have tried a lot of different medications over the last 20 years. Different. So I guess there's certain what they call classes of medication. So basically their jobs are different for what they're going to do for you. And I've tried medications from every class. And usually if one in a class doesn't work for you, another one isn't either. Okay. So now they've kind of gone outside of the box and giving me different medications that are used for different things, oh. different mental illnesses. Okay. Um, but obviously I was just admitted to the hospital three weeks ago, so that's not really working either. Yeah. They have changed my medication, or increased medications since I was admitted, but uh, they didn't go full out change anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and are you finding that the change or the increase has helped any, or is it too soon to tell really? I think it's kind of too soon. I mean, I'm not feeling so low and I'm not wanting to die. That's good. So that's a good thing. That's a bonus, right? I'd say. Um, but I don't know if it, if that's only because of the medication or because I'm realizing what I went through and I'm also having a lot of guilt, actually. Can you speak about that? Yeah. Um... So, as I mentioned earlier, I thought by doing this, I would be helping my friends and family. By not being a burden. By not being a burden. Right. And, obviously, realizing now, and speaking to my oldest daughter in particular, who's 21, 
how much my death would have impacted other people, mm -hmm. especially my children. No, for sure. So there's a lot of guilt. I bet. Around that. Yeah. So I'm having a bit of a hard time dealing with that. Of course. Yeah. But I'm getting there. You are. <laughs> you are getting there. Yeah. You're getting emotional right now, I but am. that's, that's totally okay. understandable. Yeah. And uh, there'd be something wrong with you if you weren't. Mm -hmm. uh, so going forward, you were you were in the uh, the mental health unit mm -hmm. for two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, you're out now. What aftercare is there for somebody who has gone through this? Um, not much. Not much, to be honest. Um, the last time, or no, the first I was I've been hospitalized three times. Uh, the first time was for uh, just kind of wanting to attempt, but being scared, so I was admitted. Yeah. A second time was kind of an attempt, but not. Full blown. I took some pills, but not that many. Okay. Not enough to make me anything more than woozy and foggy. Mm -hmm. And this time, so the first time, um, I was offered a therapist who is um, a trained uh, registered nurse at the hospital, the outpatient mental health uh, unit. Yes. So I saw her for actually two years. I think you're only supposed to go for about a year, but then I ended up back in the hospital and uh but haven't seen her since i think july okay so i think there were combinations of things that sent me into the slide mm -hmm. and i think that was a, a small part of it but this time coming out there's nothing oh. so I have to look in to find my own therapist. Get your own damn help. Right, exactly. Okay. So, wow. uh, yeah, so I have to currently do that, which is kind of hard. I bet actually. it is. Like, it's hard emotionally, and, and people may just think, we'll just pick up the freaking phone and call, but... That's not easy. It's not, definitely not. So, I did leave a couple messages, um, so I didn't finally make the calls uh, yesterday or the day before but um, haven't heard anything but yeah so there really isn't anything I mean I have a psychiatrist that I see uh, once a month okay um, and it happened that I saw him I was discharged on a Friday and I saw him on the Monday so that worked out quite nicely but there's nothing else set up for me oh geez yeah well wow, that's gotta be hard mm -hmm. yeah it is but yeah. your, your friends are here to support you. Yes. And they do. Yes. And you just have to remember to reach out to them. And that's mm -hmm. the hardest part, isn't it? It is. Because when I'm in a deep depression, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't not. even want to leave my bed. I bet. I don't even want to shower. You just want to sit there and just melt away. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is very hard to reach out and so you know I did a post on Facebook last week or whenever it was and yes different people commented well I'm here if you need me if you want to talk I got numerous comments on the post some private messages, messages private messages and I am so thankful and I do appreciate all of those messages but I know very well I probably won't reach out to any of those people because it's an internal struggle yeah and you don't want to be a burden. Not because they don't think they can help me. Right. But it's within me. It's, it's because of the chemistry in your brain yeah. that makes you think these ways. Right. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So I, I, have we covered everything? Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Mm. Any, any warnings, thoughts, anecdotes? 
Not really, just uh, if you know someone with mental illness or depression, like, well, that depression is a mental illness, or, like, there's so many of them. If you know somebody, please reach out to them regularly. And it may not help them in the way that, um, it may not prevent them from sliding or whatever, but at least they'll know in their heart that they're somebody, cared for. Somebody cares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you are struggling, if you can reach deep inside and talk to somebody, whether it be a friend or a professional, uh, there's even, uh, I wish I, ha- I had the information on me, um, there's even uh, one place that you can text. Oh. So for people who don't want to actually talk, you know, to somebody, they can still get advice, get help, oh, get support through texting. is incredible because yes. I would be more likely to text than to call somebody. I think a lot of people would these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like anybody like our age and under, yeah. is they're used to texting all the time. Well, that's so, right. Yeah, that's good. if I can find it after, maybe... Put it I, in the show notes right. or something. Yeah, I'll look for it. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I do thank you a lot for sharing your story with us. And thank you. You're welcome. You're, you're a very brave girl. Thank brave you. woman. Brave person. <laughs> I don't know. You, you know what I mean. All those things. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're awesome. And, and the world would be worse off without you. Oh, thank you. So there you go. Yes. So that's the end of our podcast. Uh, if, if you've listened this far, uh, you can email Tracy by just emailing the podcast uh, what is it mm-hmm. soulforge podcast at gmail.com if you want right. to reach out uh, we're on twitter at soulforge pod right uh, leave, on facebook leave, on facebook leave a comment on the soulforge facebook page right yeah. or if somebody wants to they can also send me a message on facebook if they want to private message me okay yeah all right i'm willing to do that yeah yeah okay sounds good All right. So once again, thanks for listening to episode 72 of the Soul Forge podcast. And remember, don't think for a second that my bad days are a sign of weakness. Those are the days that I'm actually fighting the hardest. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge podcast. Find us on Twitter at Soul Forge pod or email the show via soulforgepodcast at gmail.com. Soul Forge is a production of Sean Vanderloo and Friends. You can find Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Remember to visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links and share the show with everyone you know. Thanks for stopping by the Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit.